having me. Um, I'm joined by Lena Chan of Adia Health, yeah. um, which is a new fertility app. But I'm going to let you kick it off because you obviously have a much better understanding of it than yeah. I do. So tell us about Adia. Um, so Adia is a digital health platform. So women of pretty much reproductive age, so from as young as 24 all the way till 40, 42, 45, um, can come to us, create an account, and they have access to fertility specialists and a, a wealth of uh, educational content to really help them better understand their reproductive health and proactively manage it. Okay, and when. You so you sign up online. Is there like a is it like a monthly fee or is it a one-off no, payment or how does that it's side of things yeah, work? Yeah, so now a lot of the content is free and yeah. even the ability to message with doctors is free. Oh wow! Um, we also deliver a fertility test at home, so that one um, we do we do charge. And then in a couple of weeks, we're also going to be delivering sperm tests at home, and that wow. one will also be charged. Yeah, okay. but it's they're all they're all tests that you can do literally at home. Um, you just pop yeah. it in the post and uh, you order it all online. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna break off the subject. We are joined by Lena's beautiful little boy, Kyle. He's eight months and he is just smiling and growling and he's absolutely stunning. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um so um the the tests that you that you do at home, I had a look and they're what about a eighth of the price as they would yeah. be if you were to go into a clinic yeah exactly if you i mean if you were to wait for the nhs you can get it for free yeah um, even though the nhs does not test amh um, amh is one of the hormones one of the six hormones that we test so if you want to take it for free you can wait but typically a woman would be waiting a year or sometimes more wow. to qualify for that test if you want to go privately often it'll be up to 600 because you have to pay 200 to to see um, the doctor, then get the prescription, go get the test done, and then get it interpreted. And um, we can basically deliver that for uh, a sixth of the price. It's amazing. And um, how did... I've, how did you come to Adia? What's your background, yeah. personally, uh, career-wise? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the reason why we started Adia came very much from my personal experience. So me like a growing trend of women i didn't really start thinking about having children until after i was 35 mm. um and i thought it was going to be something easy and actually it was really hard I, mm. I i experienced multiple pregnancy losses and then i also really struggled to conceive so that whole experience just made me really acutely aware of just the current care pathways that we have for women around their reproductive health and fertility yeah. and what i noticed is that there's only help once you've actually encountered a problem. And often yeah. um, you've had to struggle with that problem for a really long time before you've been able to access health or access support. And there's so much stigma and taboo around it that women then don't share and they then suffer for even longer and feel horrible during that journey. So what we decided when we st set up Aria was to, one, completely change that dialogue um, and help women be a lot more proactive about it. And we do that by completely breaking down the barriers to access, both in terms of time yeah. and price. So we try to make things as affordable as possible yeah. and you don't have to wait for it. So you can just order it and chat with specialists all on, on your mobile phone or on the, on the computer. Yeah, it's amazing. It's such an important thing. I think it's, I mean, the rise of women that are having babies now from 35 plus is huge. It's, it's like 10% more. Yeah, than it's the single highest category yeah. of women um, uh, trying to conceive are those of, of, of above 30. 
But the but I think is it thirty five by the NHS you're considered geriatric. <laughs> I mean it sounds horrific, um, but I think it is from the age of thirty five you're considered high risk yeah. and geriatric. Yeah, and and it's and unfortunately what's really sad is that if you're above thirty five or sometimes even above forty, you actually then disqualify for a lot of services. Oh wow! Um, so that and that's what's really sad is that you don't you know you don't. You don't. You're not proactively managing it. You're struggling for a couple of years, and then you go to get help, and all they're really focusing on is the one thing you can't change, which, which is, is your, your age. age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the more we can shift and get people thinking about it earlier, getting access to support earlier, you really kind of start start shifting the needle. And hopefully, you know, our goal is to really then um, help women improve their outcomes and not have to go through what we went through. Mm. So. I saw that you also trained in your nutritionist yeah. and a yoga teacher. And a yoga teacher, yeah. So do you, I mean, obviously there's, um, in fertility, there is a huge need for medical, you know, for yeah. that medical field. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that there's a holistic approach? Is uh, that absolutely. the approach you take? Or? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think because mm. my, I've always been very active as a person. So I've always been an athlete at school, et cetera, mm. and, and even um, uh, beyond. But when I experienced my pregnancy losses, I really felt disconnected to my body. Mm. And I, I stopped trusting it. I didn't quite understand what anything about it really, because I was just, you know, the one thing that I felt like I was built to do, I couldn't do. Yeah. And it was through meditation, it was through yoga, it was through nutrition that I gained that confidence back. Um, it was after I had experienced my stillbirth that I trained to be a yoga teacher, um, that I went and I did the nutrition course and it was I really wanted to educate myself I really wanted to understand what my body was and how to best power it yeah um and and mindfulness to for the mind because I really think it's kind of like such a whole whole we're, we're really a whole system we're not just one one little thing and and I often found that where my body my where my mind went my body would follow mm. and and it was all very interlinked um, and it was through that and also through our losses that I realized, gosh, there's so little that's done proactively for women. And, and if we can actually get women to think more about changes in their lifestyle, we can, and, and the integration of mind and body, we really can start affecting outcome. And that's really what Adia also does. So we help people with the test because I think it's important for you to understand the data of your body, yeah. what it's telling you. And if there's anything that is a red flag, we know that early, but but really to affect change, you, it's, it's the day-to-day. -day. So it's what you put into your body, it's how you move your body. Mm. Um, those are all things that we really need to educate women about. Um, so on Adia, you have nutrition tips. Um, we talk about exercise and the importance of exercise. Uh, mental health, we have meditations. Um, we, we enable people to talk to psychologists and really is this whole body health. Yeah, it's incredible. I think, you know, the wellness, the wellness industry or even from a yoga perspective, obviously my, my background with my husband is from yoga. Yeah. Um, we're booming, you know, we're on a continuous up, yeah. upwards curve, which is incredible because it just goes to show how people are starting to come around to that. Mm -hmm. We are an ecosystem. You can't isolate one part of your body exactly. from the other. Yeah. Um, so it's such a positive thing, but it takes time to change, doesn't it? Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yoga really helped me and you know you you having the background in yoga um you you'll be able to mm -hmm. empathize but it really taught me that connection of the mind and the body of of letting go of 
opening my heart, of trusting. Mm. Um, and I think those are all very important things when it comes to fertility and reproductive health um, because it's something that when it doesn't work, it really tugs at your heart. Yeah. Um, and learning how to let go of all of that um, and have that relationship with your mind and body is such an important thing. And I think yoga, and I think that's what really drew me to yoga was that, um, mm. that philosophy. It's a, it's a real, it's a tool, isn't yeah. it? When, yeah. That we can sort of draw on when you need it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you've had two losses. Yeah. So you had a miscarriage early on? Yeah, correct? I had a stillbirth. So my first um, pregnancy uh, ended at 27 weeks, so about six months. Wow. So that was considered a stillbirth. I think they consider it a stillbirth after 24 weeks. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we really struggled to conceive a second one. I was about to do IVF, actually, and it was the month that I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break and I want to detox before yeah. IVF. And then I fell pregnant um, the second time, and then I miscarried at eight weeks. So um, when you were going through the, this period, was there, I mean, were there red flags? Did you know that there could have been something wrong? Was there support for you emotionally yeah. from your caregivers? Mm -hmm. How did that? It was, um, so when we had the stillbirth, um, the hospital was really good and we had authorized an autopsy. So they okay. identified through the autopsy that I had a blood clotting um, issue. Wow, so okay. then... Uh, and this didn't show up in any of your blood tests. You know, when you're pregnant, you're like a... Uh, a pinprick test, aren't yeah, you, all the time? <laughs> yeah, but nothing. No, it didn't. It didn't come up, and it was only after. And and even before we got all those results, because it took a while for us to get the results back. I think it was three or four months before we got the results back wow. of the autopsy. And I had gone back to some doctors, and uh, most of them actually was like, just said to me, "Oh, just continue doing what you're doing. You're totally fine." And but something just kind of nagged me, as in like, I don't know, like I don't mm. think it's that. I don't think everything is fine. And I started looking for more more and more doctors and I finally saw one privately actually and he had a very different approach to 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 managing fertility health and um, also given what we had experienced he said okay I really I really need you to stop trying um, okay. and let's just really do all the tests not just on you but also on your husband because it's 50 yeah. 50 yeah. Um, so you shouldn't be thinking that it's all to do with with you and it was through that that he actually found out that I had a blood clotting disorder okay. um, and then we came up with a plan that if I were to fall pregnant again I would be taking blood thinners so I had to take a shot every day um, but then one of the key things that he really made us focus on and I think it's because the way he saw my state when I walked into his office was his first thing to me was we really need to help you build your confidence back yeah. um, you know and, and 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 for him it was doing it in multiple ways it was one just making sure that there was nothing of a red flag that it, we hadn't identified but then also me emotionally so he encouraged me <laughs> a little loud in the background um, <laughs> he encouraged me to connect with other lost moms um, oh, wow he himself was a, a massive support to me like he literally was on like text message with me if I ever felt really bad and had questions about it and we encourage women um when they encounter a problem to really seek help like talk yeah. to your doctor don't be don't be shy um because if there's something wrong you need to deal with it as and quickly as that's possible that's also something Adia offers that's why we uh, have a community and community yeah with yeah. other, not professionals, but other, other people other, that are trying. Or, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so we connect people who are going through the same um, phase of the journey. That's incredible. It's so valuable. Yeah, I mean, I, I think some of the best support I got was from, from other women who were going through what I was going through. Mm. Well, um, 
obviously I think around fertility there's often a lot of focus or especially around loss actually there's a lot of focus on the mother's mm -hmm. um, health yeah you said that you're just starting to branch out into male fertility yeah. as well yeah well it's it's interesting because um, whenever having children is not working I think women immediately think it's their problem. Um, yeah. I definitely felt that. But actually, more than 50% of subfertility factors are male factors. Okay. Um, so so we, the first thing we do is actually educate a lot of the women who come to us the importance of sperm health and involving their partner on that dialogue, getting them tested. Because also with sperm, they regenerate um, every three months, so you can affect change um, quite quickly, yeah. and a lot of it via lifestyle. So uh, even though my partner, he didn't have, you know, his, his results were fine, he still took supplements, and it really improved um, his uh, the health of his sperm, okay. and and that can then just increase your chances. Yeah. Um, so it's really important, actually, for women to realize that most of the factors are not actually women factors. Yeah. And we need to we need to start having the dialogue about both. Yeah, there's so much, um, I mean, it's so tied up in our ideas of masculinity yeah. and and there's so much shame around it and embarrassment. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's so important to open that up. Absolutely, absolutely. And as you said, to recognize that even if there isn't an issue with the male sperm, you can still improve up it. your chances yeah. by supplementing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so with Adia, you have different professionals on hand. Mm -hmm. What sort of professionals do you have that people can reach? We have um, obstetrician and gynecologist, fertility specialist, nutritionist, um, clinical psychologist, mindfulness coaches. Wow. So really is kind of the, the, the whole spectrum. Yeah, the full spectrum. Um, we have an endocrinologist, I can never say <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, also joining us and a fertility nurse. Because um, a lot of women actually come to us also with uh, period problems, so PCOS, yeah. endometriosis, um, thyroid so and those are things that gets flagged even earlier and you want to start um, dealing with all of those and understanding those uh, challenges before you start trying mm -hmm. so that's why for us like just being able to help women better understand and manage their hormone health mm -hmm. is, 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 is key yeah I think especially with things like PCOS I remember speaking to a friend who was told she had PCOS in her early 20s yeah and then was just you know oh you've got PCOS bye <laughs> and mm -hmm. sent on her way and didn't think anything of it until she started trying yeah and by that point 10 years have gone yeah um and we're just not giving the information readily yeah. and may maybe there isn't the information I don't know where the disconnect is yeah um, well, I think it's, and I think that's why for us we also have a lot of educational content on our platform because I think women, particularly, they've taught um, the contraceptive pill have done wonders for 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 our independence, but yeah. we're constantly taught how to avoid pregnancy yes. and actually not how to plan proactively and manage it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where we need to really bridge the knowledge gap. Yeah. Um, so a lot of women who have PCOS think that they actually have regular periods because they've been on the contraceptive pill. And then once they come off, it's when suddenly it's not coming for a couple of months. Yeah. And, um, and PCOS spe specifically, uh, can have um, like you can have uh, difficulties losing weight, so there are things you can do from a lifestyle perspective um, that can really help um, reduce the symptoms. Reduce the symptoms yeah, yeah. Um, do you know how many users or, or visits women that you have that are currently using? Um, we have over two thousand. 
Wow. Yeah. So it's grown. Yeah, it's a great community that we have now. Yeah. Um, and we're starting to do, we're going to start doing more um, uh, in-person events. So, yeah. and kind of helping women then connect also, because we do quite a lot um, digitally. We have digital meetups. Um, we have a, a, a online community, but we're going to try to move some of that to in-person so people can start meeting face-to-face. -face. Mm. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. Um, do you find that, obviously, you're, primary customer is female yeah in your sort of online meetups in your communities do you find that the partners are involved are they mm -hmm. receptive to it is there any resistance yeah i mean the the feedback we get is that there is resistance and what we're hoping with this um we are and actually we we decided to do it in november because of movember yeah um yeah. so we did a lot of profiles around men and men's um perspective when they're going through um, subfertility with their partners because if we if we feel it's taboo for women men feel it, it that's even worse yeah. um and uh and and i and more often than not those that you do approach those that we you know we do speak to they kind of quite enjoy speaking about it once they uh, they're given that mm. opportunity or once it kind of feels safe in a way so yeah. we've made a big um thing about trying to profile men um in in, in this month and then with the sperm test release we're doing quite a lot around that yeah. um, and uh, it's interesting because about 80% of sperm tests are actually bought by a woman or kind of encouraged <laughs> by women <laughs> you so. can, but you can imagine it can't you I think there I mean it is such a shame but there is so much yeah sort of uh, embarrassment and shame around that yeah yeah around not being man enough or yeah I, I mean I don't know but yeah um, but we're hoping that you know because uh, the test can be done in the privacy of your home and yeah. um, the partners that we have that we're working with is you know it's kind of a really cool gadget that it'll kind of almost make it um, fun and gamify it a little bit because <laughs> you can improve it so. and it will speak to men being in a, a gadget type digital yeah. form yeah. Right? exactly yeah it's all it's, digital it's easy and accessible yeah yeah, it, exactly. It's not. It's not. I think sometimes people have that image of kind of walking into a very old clinic. And yeah, <laughs> I've got a. Um, I, th I can't. There must be some terrible sitcom I've watched at I some know. point. But I've got an image of a man walking in with a little cup and a magazine, and, like, yeah, like looking a really, really like, ashamed, yeah, and really like a really awful magazine that's like you know twenty years old, yeah, top shelf. Um, yeah, that's what I've got in my head. So I think. I mean, it's yeah. just so great that it's being made so easily accessible yeah yeah and modern and Kyle agrees too yeah he's nearly think? crawling <laughs> um so what are your you said that Adia plans to create more in life uh in real life yeah meetups. what are the plans for Adia going forwards is there I saw that is it this past year you got uh, some funding from the Welcome Trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've so we've had we have some great investors on board. Seed Camp is one of our investors. Um, the Welcome Trust also funded a specific study we did, looking at about um, 400 of our users on our platform, and um, we we measured their well-being over a period of three months, and all of them went to show with statistic statistical significance improved um, levels of uh, support, learning, and reduced levels of stress. So from we're using really, Adia. From using, yeah. Oh, wow. And what we really want to do is um, start building this data model so that we can really um, make the journey as personalized as possible and, and start helping women feel better and then eventually have better um, better outcomes. Um, and, I mean, we're already global. We have users. It, it was funny because last night, uh, we were doing a whole marketing um, uh, meeting and 
there's this map where it shows all our users and yeah. it's great because like the whole like it was it was, it was lit up all across oh, the amazing. different continents so that's amazing. really exciting to see that we have the global reach um so for us is uh you know continue expanding adding more um doctors onto the platform so that they can continue the the education and yeah. the support um that we have and and here in the uk starting to do more in-person um meetups and we'll be doing things um we'll be collaborating with other brands yeah. um doing things uh with our mindfulness coaches uh enabling women to come and ask questions to our specialists uh we'll do some we're, we're really excited about um doing kind of uh something around uh, physical health and mental health in the new year kind of yeah. new year new you um doing something with your partner oh no you just smacked that on your Sad head didn't face. you? <laughs> <laughs> oh he's so beautiful um cool Thank you so much for coming to speak to me. No, thanks for having um, me. It's so valuable, the work that you're doing. It's really great. Thank you. It's really great to speak to you. Thank you very much.